Episode 209 of The Loaded Couch. Microsoft isn't the only one with a Nintendo relationship. Well, sort of. Mike Trout money goes toward Halo Infinite? A new mode comes to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Answer, Troy Baker, who is on Pigeon's nuke list. Diarrhea and questions. And beer. Beer. Which plant seed should this bullet poop? Ferns. Ferns. The manhood flying out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Reach in at your own risk. This This is The Loaded Couch. And we're back with episode 209 of The Loaded Couch. I'm the man who's considering a roadie tattoo with Scotch Hound, and I'm joined by... Celtic Fox. A a roadie tattoo, as in like... uh... Something like nice right above your ass crack. I what? guess a rhododendron, I think, is what the uh, what the idea oh, was. Oh, that kind it. of roadie. <laughs> <laughs> like a... I thought you were like a hairband, uh, like a closet hairband uh, stalker. Yeah, no, that's what. It, when I first read it, I was thinking the same that it was somebody who sets up the you know the, the set and stuff for a band. But I'm assuming pigeon med a rhododendron. Anyway, uh, for the listeners, pigeon peg like is not joining us tonight again. Has. Uh, back is finally giving out, I think, to the point where he may be a um, an amoeba soon. I'm not sure yet, but uh, single-celled organism, here he comes. He's going to be like that, what's that green glob, or that green blob in the uh, that like animated cartoon movie? The blob. It was blob, right? Yeah, I think what, so. what was that? What was that animated movie? I can't remember. I don't remember. Wasn't that the one that had like the ant or whatever that was like in charge or really smart? Yeah, well, he he could also be like the the blob that was in uh, that Transylvania one with Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, where they yeah. Were the vampires, <laughs> exactly that too. Yeah, <laughs> probably it's coming soon. I know it. All right, uh, ready to beer talk? Uh, Calc, you drinking any beers tonight? I'm not, unfortunately. I I ran out. I had a really crazy. I've had a busy week, and I just I ran out a, a couple days ago, and I forgot completely to go grab some more beer for the show. So. All right, I'm shame sh- on shame on me. I'm just, just drinking, drinking some water. Water. Uh, myself, I'm on cleanup duty from uh, my parents' 50th anniversary party. Uh, they we had leftover beers, so I got to take them for myself. And I'm drinking a Yangling traditional lager, uh, Pottsville PA green bottle, 4.4 percent alcohol. All right, right in beer news. Uh, the Beer Institute, a national trade association for the brewery industry, conducted a nationwide survey to find out which American celebrity beer drinkers would most like to drink. A beer, or yeah, we drinker beer drinkers would most like to drink a beer with. So, what American celebrity? Take two. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, the survey was conducted in honor of National Beer Day, which is April seventh. For those who didn't know, and uh, the result, the results show uh, Betty White is America's choice for a celebrity to have a beer with. Hmm. So, I guess you might as well get her while she's still, still kicking, right? I guess <laughs> it's a total ass thing to say. I know, yeah, but I mean that kind of goes into what Pigeon wrote down for us. It's uh, who's the better choice, or who's a better choice than this old hag? In Pigeon's words, Jeez. Um, ooh, celebrity to have a beer with. Celebrity. Mm. Well, I, I'm gonna stay the hell. I don't want to say any politician. I could care less. Um, no, is this like the last time you're ever gonna have a beer? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is like a. If you give me one celebrity type of thing. Yeah. I think maybe just somebody that you would have fun with. I was going to say, Chris Hardwick would be a pretty cool guy to have a beer with. He'd probably have plenty of things to talk about. I'd love. I'm going to say Kevin Hart. I think I'd love to have a beer with Kevin Hart. (laughs) 
<laughs> just laugh your ass off the whole time. Or Jason yeah. Momoa, so he can make you look like a, a little uh, puny, or make me look like a little puny guy. I was going to say, make me look like a chump in front of my <laughs> exactly. wife. <laughs> yeah, I guess me having a beer with Jason Momoa would be more for my wife's <laughs> pleasure than my friend. I was going to say, that would that would entertain her more. We, we, we know uh, Pigeon would have picked uh, The Rock, though. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Hollywood's Viagra, of course. Yeah. Anyway. All right, uh, right into movie and t- uh, TV talk. Uh, Calc, what did you watch this past week? Um, like I said, a little all over the place. Uh, I know I watched bits and pieces of more TV shows than I'm going to probably say. but um, So we, we fired up Sabrina on Netflix, the uh, second season. I think we are on the fourth episode. Um, it's okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not digging it as much as I was the first season. Okay, but it's still pretty good. Um, I I would still recommend you know people to watch it if you watch the first season. If you haven't seen the first season, I wouldn't say like oh go watch the first and then you know get into the second. I mean if you if you haven't watched the first season yet, I would say still watch it and it it will be good. But don't feel obligated to watch the second season. Oh, it's not like a continuing story. It is, it is, but it's just me, like, I don't know. It's just me not being a big fan of it. I, I don't know. I don't know what's missing with it. Um, I also watched another episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, it's, I think it's pretty funny, man. It's, I think it's, like, right up, right up there with the, uh, with the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I really like the female one. Uh, she's funny as hell. I don't. I don't know if you've seen any of them yet, but uh, yeah, it, it's. I, I think the. I think the third episode just came out last night, and it's their their first interaction with the werewolves. Okay, so I, I definitely want to see that. Uh, as far as movies, um, we we watched Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, the the story about Queen. My son is a huge, huge Queen fan. Uh, he likes Freddie Mercury, so he's been begging us for quite a while to watch it. And uh, we finally watched it. It's funny, too, because my wife was a little hesitant. She wasn't sure she was going to like it. But after watching the movie, she was, like, really, really into to the story and the history of Queen. Okay. So now she's, like, super excited to listen to. I was like, going to say, what's the age rating on Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, I think it was TV 14. Okay. Because, there, like, we were, my wife said, she's like, all right, we'll watch it. But if it gets it, like, you know, super inappropriate, we were going to kill it. It, it didn't at all. I don't. It, I don't think it. I don't think it really even had any cursing. It was, um, you know, it, it was just he was very flamboyant, gay, and stuff like that. But nothing, you know. And as far as like any sex scenes and stuff, like if you're thinking for Jonas, uh, it like showed his girlfriend. I think like you could just see her like from the shoulders up type of thing. There was nothing like, uh, you know. No nudity no, or anything. No nudity or anything like you know. It, it definitely was like a TV fourteen thing. Yeah, I was wondering it, with it, like partying and stuff, drug use and all that stuff. How much? No, even like the big, you know, the big shindigs and parties and stuff. There, it it didn't really even push that stuff. Like you saw people drinking, you know, alcohol and stuff, but right. not like no big like naked cocaine parties or anything like okay. that. But yeah, no, it was really really good. I mean, it, it's it really shines some light on the things that Freddie Mercury went through and. Stuff. Right, right. Uh, myself, I watched The Cobbler. It's an Adam Sandler supposed comedy. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. Have you seen it? I have not, no. Okay. I think I've heard of it, 
I'm just not sure. Yeah, he's a shoe repair or, uh, you know, a shoe maker kind of thing. Okay, okay, uh, cobbler-like that guy. Yeah, his, his father leaves the business to him and stuff like that. Uh, it ends up having... I don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah, no, I'm not going to spoil it at all. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, I was... You know, when it gets to the end, I was actually thinking it would be a good start to a series for additional type of professions. Okay. Uh, or even a continuation of, you know, what he uh, goes through in the job and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you haven't seen it, it, definitely give it a try. It's a little bit more of the semi-serious Adam Sandler than it is the comedy stuff. With yeah, him. I do. like I like the semi-serious stuff, believe it or not. I, I can only take so much of Grown Ups. Right. And stuff like that. Right, right, right. So uh, I do actually like his serious stuff, too. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, worth a, a, a try. It's on Netflix. It's been on for a while. Um, but, I mean, if you don't really have any, if you're kind of, like, struggling for something, there are some funny parts to it. Um, but, you know, it's I don't want to say it's a definite Adam Sandler comedy movie. But, if you know, you don't have anything else to watch and you don't know what to watch, give it a, ch- give it a try. Okay. Uh, I also watched uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It was the first time I've seen it all the way through. I still need to see it. And I'm one of the I'm one of the guilty ones. And it it is it it definitely is just all in all, you know, British dry humor. It's it is funny. It's you know, it's but the, like a lot of the time it's kind of the intellectual funny where you're not sure if you're laughing or if you're just kind of like a hmm, type of thing uh, to yourself. Well, and and those are the the ones I was going to just ask you like flip the script. Are those appropriate you think for the kids or will kids just not care and not it like be able Yeah, they to might not get it. it. They might okay. not completely follow along to it being like supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah. As you said, uh, Whiskers and I, we started the What We Do in the Shadows. We didn't catch up on yesterday's. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but we did watch uh, one and two. <laughs> we got to the end of two, and Whiskers goes, "What? That's it? That's it?" I'm like, yeah, babe. It's a it's a weekly release. She goes, "Ah, that sucks." So, so I mean, what's like, what's the thoughts? Are are you guys fans of it? You think yeah, it's, we're enjoying you, it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's. I'm glad that uh, Jermaine Clement is as involved uh, with it because it's kind of kind of keep it, to, uh, I guess, on the original track of what the movie was. Yeah, yep. Which is good. Um, I'm a little. I I don't I haven't made the connection to the characters as much as I have in the movie yet. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody at work like. For some reason, I'm I'm not really feeling the main character, but the the female and the other guy, the sidekicks. Right. I think they're the two hysterical. that are in a relationship. Yeah. Um, the 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 really old guy that got shipped to the house. <laughs> yes, was pretty funny. <laughs> yes, the cray paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the cray. Yeah, the evil paper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be rotting flesh. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is. It it is funny, and and we were enjoying a lot of it, and we're looking. I'm definitely looking forward to more of it. Um, yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, you didn't see the original movie. Maybe start with the movie and then go to the series. But I don't think it's going to matter either way. Uh, but both are worth a watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've continued watching the Midsummer Murders. Uh, it's a British just crime drama from I'm going to say early '90s. Okay. Again, it's just something that plays in the background. Uh, you know, if I'm jerking around on the DS or something like that, it's just kind of, I'll pay attention. It's a longer series. It's like, again, I think I talked about it before. Each episode, I think, is like an hour, hour and a half or something. And it's it like seems like maybe Sherlock it was broken ones, up. Right? right, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a little, this is a lot less quality uh, than that. Um, yeah. 
but it, it's good. It's good for just a whodunit kind of uh, watch. Uh, watch some more Luther. Um, again, more British uh, crime drama. Uh, those get a little bit touchy. Like I mentioned the other night, or I think the last time on the show, that I didn't think it was something that all people that were okay with, uh, you know, home invasions and, you know, women getting abducted and kind of sexually yeah, mistreated yeah. and stuff like that uh, would appreciate it. And <laughs> Nicole was like, I don't know. And then I started going through, like, some of the things. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> so it's uh it's really good i like again i like the i just alba um character in it he's i think that was the show that kind of sold me on him as a whole yeah yeah well he, i i'm so i know pigeon's a big fan of him because he's been uh advocating for idris to be uh Geralt on the witcher series on netflix right right He's been actually posting that on reddit i don't think he's been getting too many upvotes <laughs> yes yeah, probably not uh, the last is the Grand Tour, and I'm just uh, I'm, I'm still trying to play catch up. I think I'm in uh, I'm either at the end of season two or the very beginning of season three now. I think I'm at the end of season two. Okay, but yeah, um, think... it's still funny. The guys are still idiots, complete mm-hmm. idiots. Yeah, we did the. I think we've done the first episode of season three. That's the one where they go back to Detroit. Oh, with all the um the Hellcat or not the Hellcat, the Demon. Yeah, the, the demon Mustang and the, RTR. That is season three, right? Or is that season two already? Uh, I can't. I don't want to say. I want to say it's season two, but I'm not sure because I thought oh, I was wow. further along in the seasons, and I, 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 I'd have to look. Oh, that I'm really far behind. Right. Yeah. Which out of the three did you like of that one? That was the Camaro, the Charger, and the, <laughs> the Mustang. The, the, the nothing other than the um, additional horsepower to the Camaro <laughs> SS. It was a regular Camaro SS, but they made a thousand horsepower in it and just left everything else stock. I think that was the <laughs> Lingenfelter was the Camaro. I mean, yeah. That was, yeah, Lingenfelter the, did that. I'm trying to remember. The, the Mustang was like... It was RTR, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, ready to rock. Yep. Um, Which is just a dumbass name for something. Yeah, like that. believe it or not, my son and I both, I think, were really big fans of the Dodge Demon. Okay, <laughs> even though it took him what an, almost two hours to do the whole change out oh, for the drag to race to prep for the drag race. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, they play it up to make it look like it's taking three times as long, and neither of them help out. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the drag was race was probably the only negative for it. But I just love the look and the sound of that thing oh, yeah, driving it around. Sounds mean. Yeah, yeah, with. A... <laughs> with this yeah. um what the hell Supercharger. is that supercharger in place of the turbo all right um uh, yeah and that was it uh do you need a new water i'm getting i think i need a new beer i was drinking before we got started yeah all right let me grab a new beer we'll be back with let's talk games For more from the Loda Couch, check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If you like me and would like to follow me on Twitter, at Pigeon Pegleg, and also on Twitch, Pigeon Pegleg. Pigeon Pegleg. Hey, this is Scott Chound. If you want to hear more from me, you can check me out on Twitter at ScottChound underscore LC or on Twitch at ScottChound. Let's. Let's. Talk. Talk. Games. Games. What are you drinking? Agua. Jeez, here, and I thought you were going to go get a shot of vodka or something. I don't. I, I, I don't even know where my hard alcohol is because, like, I moved it one time to clear off our hutch for something. It's probably downstairs in a box. And if any, I may have some Kraken down there still. Mm. I thought you were going to say Evan's been hoarding it on you. <laughs> yeah, it's under his bed. 
Uh, myself, I'm drinking an American Amber. It's from uh, McPeaker's Kitchen Brewery. It's an Amber Ale. Uh, location is at McPeaker's. It's a brown bottle, and I don't know the alcohol content. And I, for those who haven't heard before or haven't listened to us before, uh, I did uh, brew a beer, and it is uh, the one that I brewed, uh, and I'm just enjoying it. And I lost my um, whatever the hell the thing is called. It's like a it's like a weighted glass. It kind of looks like a thermometer, but it's got a big bottom on it, and you kind of drop it into your beer, and it floats, you know, because mm. the weight's at the bottom, of it, and it'll tell you how much alcohol's in the uh, the beer. And of course, when I went to use mine, somebody had either dropped it or dropped the case that it was in, and everything else, and it was all shattered when I went to use it. And I'm like, okay, great. It had made its way around the house three times, and I know my son's got my uh, my old habit of picking shit up and putting it down somewhere where it wasn't originally so i'm not naming names i'm not pointing fingers but it was broken when i went to use it so, so what does a man with a one inch penis have for breakfast <laughs> this morning i had oatmeal yeah okay uh so games what did you play this past week Kelko? <laughs> not much man uh surprisingly i i played borderlands too okay and start um fresh uh, yeah well, well no i uh did I you have a save file I had a save file. I hopped on it um, right after the the enhanced updates came out mm-hmm. with the 4K textures and all that stuff. Um, and I know I watched all the trailers for Borderlands Three, so I'm a little excited to, to try it out. And I, I know every you know I've got to hear Pigeon and Flans, and everybody talks about how great it was. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd fire it up and give it a try. I I think I gave it like another good honest hour or so just to basically get used to the controls again. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to remember where the hell I was, but basically I I found one of the the towns. I think last time I played, I was playing with you and Pigeon, but I found one of the towns. Um, like there's like a machine shop inside and a shooting range, and so I, like my next mission was to venture out. So I ventured back outside, like out into the snow caverns and things like that. And I came across the um, whole bunch of hideouts. And it's funny because there's like these big, uh, like ogre dudes, you can like shoot their heads off. Mm -hmm. And like you see like their head disappears, but like part of their spinal cords flapping around and they still run around and like beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that in the game, but. I would sit there and like snipe the heads off of them and then they would run and attack the other NPC enemies. Right. So I just like sit back and let them kill each other half the time. Uh yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's it's it, it looks really really good too with the the updated textures and stuff like that. I I'm always into that cell shaded stuff, so. It, you know what it reminds me of too like artistic quality now like it looks really good like how Crackdown 3 Okay. Had a really nice, like, clean, polished, artistic uh, cell shade to it. Right. So, yeah, it, it looks really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much. Like, again, I, it's been a long while since I played it, and I'm not super familiar with the world and all the characters and stuff, and I never played Borderlands 1. So I, I like, see Handsome Jack coming across the radio and stuff like that. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's cool. Like I said, if if I have some more time, I'll try to. You know, power through it and you know get a feel a feeling. What Those gun little... type is, are you? Uh, kind of, mm, I'd say, uh, defaulting to. Like, what's that? I what's your main first... weapon? What what kind of gun type are you defaulting to? Oh, uh, oh, um, 
Well, I play as the character that's like a. I'm playing like as this like this cybernetic mage. She's like a girl with like the superpower. Okay. <clears throat> and so she has like this thing where she she kind of like throws this black hole into the air and it like sucks people into it mm-hmm. and like just holds them in sus- a suspended state and I can shoot them. But as far as like weapon, um, I I. I go to my pistol as like a backup, but I, I'm I tend to be going towards just whatever's like similar to like a marksman rifle or something like that. Okay. Like I, I tend to like those those assault rifle type of guns. Um not like a big LMG or a shotgun or anything like that. But yeah, I, I like being able to pop off like I think the gun I have right now s- reminds me a lot of like an AK forty seven. And uh like I said, when I run out of ammo, I'll go. I got this pistol that hits pretty hard. It shoots like um, the guys catch on fire. They run around on fire. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and like slowly burn. So, but yeah, it's it's a great game. I mean, it's it's really cool. I can understand like all the big, you know, hype around it. So it's it's got it definitely picked my interest for uh, Borderland Three. But okay, yeah, that's that's it for me this week. Uh, myself, I played Overwatch. Got my weeklies done. Um, played Unravel because we had some friends over uh, this past weekend, um, and they I introduced it to their kids, and they were all in. But I had to, I played a little bit after uh, Jonas wanted to play, so I had helped him out some. I helped uh, the friends out some. Uh, I played more Forza Six. I'm I'm kind of just grinding through uh, each. I'm doing the career, and they have different levels of play. In each level, there's six different car categories to to race through that same series of races. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through each of the six car categories now to just kind of start hundred percenting the career. Okay. So I'm kind of just it's 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 a I'm just slogging through it. It 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 is kind of a long play now because it is like the same five or six tracks over and over again with each of the different with six. I different feel car like you're parts, you're but. over committing to this game, and I feel like Forza Seven is going to be like part of Game Pass really soon. Right, which is be fine. It's just I kind of I got a hanker in the, to race again. I didn't want to go back to Forza Horizons because I think I overdid it on that, and I wanted just more of a track drive and kind of mm-hmm. just speed through. You know, I was watching some of the. Uh, um, the grand tour and it kind of got me interested in uh car racing and i think that's why i went back to forza six and i I was like i didn't remember spending a whole lot of time in the game originally i know that i went through and i kind of beat the career but every time or when i did each one of the race series i only went through and raced one of the car categories did you notice uh did you notice the quality like difference right away like the the 60 frames per second track style racing versus the whole Nah. arcade feel of horizons four uh i noticed you know of course the difference with the the racing type um you know being tracked more so than that but for graphically no not so much okay it, um, that, that that says a lot though for horizons four though right uh the one thing i did notice is a lot more of the uh the simulated um uh effects from like rain and stuff like how the okay. puddle makes the car pull real hard mm-hmm. in different directions yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I did notice a little bit more. Uh, the only thing um, that pisses me off is uh, the uh, I'm, I, I get a lot more annoyed with the drive guitars in the regular track racing than I do in the horizons racing. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Cause they, they seem, well, they seem, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're ruthless, but also stupid. In a the lot track of them mode. Are, yeah, a lot of them are really bad in the track mode. And sometimes it's like they'll just randomly just go off the road for no reason. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I know that's probably not the regular drive guitar, and I don't know if it's just the 
um, you know, they, a, a mess up in the drivetar system in general. Because mm. yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that anybody who's really racing in this game to create a drivetar, you know, it, you know, style in general is not going to be just randomly driving off into the grass. I think or making it's a, a shared hard data no too, from what I recall. So I think. Even though we've moved on and played like Horizons Four, I think that data still applies to the Drivatar that you may face in the Forza Motorsport world too. So okay, um, I'm curious who out of out of all your on your friends list, who's your most annoying Drivatar to to race against? That's uh, one kid say. that's in the Scouts program. Okay, uh, that was uh, he like friended me, and I guess he showed up from that. Um, and yeah, it's just every first, second, and third corner he comes up, balls out, just rams everybody into the freaking rear. In the well, that, rear that's a bad driver. Who who's one of the ones that gives you the hardest challenge? Uh, it's funny now that I've been going back every race. It's like your next rival is Celtic Fox, and I end up beating you like within <laughs> like the first time that I raced it, or the second time that I raced it, like the first or second lap. And then it's like next uh, one is Dan Flans, or your next rival is Dan Flans, and then I end up. I was gonna but, say uh, Flans has got to be giving you a run there. Yeah, but for the Drivatar, I think you annoy me a lot because I I don't know if you you come in high early. I I tend to come into turns fast. Right, and then you break in the turn, or I yeah. usually break before the turn, and then I speed through the turn, and I think I'm usually just getting ready to, in the turn, speed through, and you're kind of cutting across in front of me and breaking. Well, and, and I, do, I do the same thing. Like, I do break before the turn, but I'll, I'll admit, I'm notorious for when I play motorsport. I always attack the turns really fast and aggressive. Right. And probably way more heavy on the brake than I should be, but yeah, that's that's definitely my style if it's picking up but on that. Dan, he's probably the most annoying because he follows very similar lines, so he might be using. The, I mean, when you're playing, do you play, do you use the uh, the brake line? Uh, I do, I do use it, but I'll even I notice that with Dan. Dan's very smooth, like on his lines through in and out of the turns, right. Where I, I definitely admit, like, I attack the, the apex really hard. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you come in usually high where I'm a little bit more, I'm not as far out making the, the tight turn on the apex as much as yeah. you are. So, so that's why you're usually cutting right across in front of my nose if you're in front of me to start with or, you know, whatever. But. Yeah, I make, you, I make you earn it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I have to find my good passing points. Um, so I played that uh, Mario Party Switch. I'm still trying to get through, and there's these gem things every time you complete one of the game uh, types. Um, so I'm trying to get through and get all the gems with whiskers and uh, do that. And then the last one, uh, Pigeon was complaining that he had bought me a game. He said that you never said anything about the game that he bought you. I don't remember. It was like a $2 game or a $3 game that I guess uh, he gifted Pixel to us. Pirates. Um, yeah. That I might played be it one. for like two hours, and the fucking thing crashed in the middle of like... I was pretty far, and I think I went to reload it, and the, my progress was lost, so I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so you did play it, so he'll, he'll like hearing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, myself, though, I played the Wheels of Aurelia. The Wheels of Aurelia. Okay. It's um, it's strange. Like the graphically, it kind of looks. I don't even know how to explain it. It looks kind of like you're playing the, the game of life board game, but on like a, I, it, I don't, I don't know how to explain this. It's, 
you're dr- the board kind of looks like it's axonometric, but it's flat. It's like you're you're driving like top bottom type of things. But there's mm-hmm. turns and twists, and you can kind of if you just let the controller go, you don't have to drive the car. Uh, there are certain things when you get up to because there's decision making in the conversations that you have to do, and I think that's what the game is kind of based off of is your reactions in a conversation or in the conversation of the game. So when you first start off, you're driving the car you, and with somebody, I guess, who's a friend of yours in the car with you. Uh, it'll come up with like a dot, dot, dot. And then I didn't see this originally, so I didn't know what to do. And then like the, the black time arrow for you to make a decision on your conversation just kind of goes away. I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And give me any options to pick. You have to hit the up and down to start with, to choose through the different things, or else it'll just let you not say anything. It'll let you kind of just be quiet. So you can you start the conversation, then they answer, and then you have to respond back to their answers, and it's kind of and then you stop and you pick up a hitchhiker along the way, and then that can lead into a new conversation set, mm-hmm. and then the the hitchhiker and your uh, co-pilot or the friend that's in the car with you they don't actually conversate at all, so it's pretty much just you having one-on-one conversations with whoever comes in. Because as you have picked up the first hitchhiker, then you stop and you pick up a second hitchhiker, and again you can make decisions to either not pick them up, not talk to them. I think you can not pick them up. I'm I didn't try that yet. Um, but then when you let them off at the destination where they asked to go to, then the one kind of creates this, Hey, do you want to race? And then you can race, but that's where you kind of actually, you can use the right trigger to give you gas. And then you have to steer a little bit to go around the other cars, but it'll self-drive if you really want it to. Uh, what made him pick this up for you? I don't know if it was, I was playing a racing game. I might've been playing one of the, um, rally games at the time or something. And he saw it had like car driving in it. So he picked it up. I think he said it was like a $2 or $5 game or something that he just gifted, but he's like, you haven't played it. So I, I played it and I played it like two, three times. And it's funny cause I beat it the very first time I played it. Uh, <laughs> and I think I beat it within like 15 minutes. Cause that was like a cheapo that I got. It was beat the game in 15 minutes. Oh, um, and I didn't remember beating it. Cause when I went back to it the second and third time, I'm like, okay, I've done this. What else am I have to do? Do I have to do? And again, I beat it this, not exactly in the same time. I took a little bit longer the next two times cause I made different conversation decisions, but it was a really short game, which is fine. I mean, for the price of it, which I, from my understanding from what Pigeon said, it was like, you know, somewhere between 2 and $5. So I'm not going to, you know, hold the people's feet to the flame and say, okay, you, you created a shit game that was over in 15 minutes, you know, because first off, I didn't pay for it. But second off, the price wasn't ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. Um, most of a soda. Yeah, exactly. So, it, and it and it was entertaining for that amount of time. I, it was funny seeing uh, Whiskers kind of, while she's over there playing uh, Zelda on the um, Switch, kind of looking up and I'm sitting here talking to my co-pilot about uh, she's pregnant and she's thinking about having an abortion or something like that. And she's like, oh, what the hell are you playing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of going through the, uh, the motions of playing this game. But yeah. anyway, so that's what I played. All right. Uh, Sony news. Super Mario maker has been recreated inside little big planet three. Um, so no word if project spark can do the same thing though. <laughs> It's pretty authentic looking too, right? Yeah, it does look it. Is I mean, is is that legitimately like a screenshot of it? I'm going to say yes. I'm. That's, that's why I'm really... surprised that there's not any copyright infringements. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if they can because it was was it made by a customer? And I mean, I want to know how the hell they make Mario look so authentic like that. Right. I mean, that's impressive. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I would think project could make something that plays the same but i don't know how you pull off make it look yeah make a mario character like literally look the same like the colors the bricks the coins everything is 
is like spot on. Right. Yeah. Mm, hey. Interesting. That's, that's cool. All right. PlayStation customers can finally update their PlayStation Network IDs. As previously noted by Sony, the option to change a PSN name comes with a few caveats. Uh, the, oh, boy. Of course. Yeah, right. PS- it could just never be clean cut. <laughs> Uh, the online ID change feature is supported by games originally published on or after April 1st, 2018. But the company warns that it cannot guarantee that all games fully support the feature. Uh, according to Sony, at least 10 games have known critical issues as a result of the change, including Sony's published uh, titles like Everybody's Golf, Little Big Planet 3, and some MLB The Show games. Uh, those critical issues include losing PlayStation trophies or in game currency. Uh, associated with the games what a hot mess the the <laughs> fact that i don't know and i know it, we've talked about this and it's so deep rooted and it's like I, the fact that you cannot change something as at a high level as your account name just makes me lose all kinds of faith in them being able to properly run like an online ecosystem I, I just, I don't know. Well, just so you know, it's not all like big name games. I mean, they, they list a whole bunch of other ones like Bloodborne, Uncharted 4, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, The Last of Us, NBA 2K19, and Warframe. So it's like. Yeah, but it, but it just, <laughs> like I said, though, it just. Those are, why, those are big why games. Is your, yeah, well, why is your username in some way rooted into the, you know. I think Sony created your brand new social security number. And they're having a really hard time with changing your social security number in PSN. <laughs> they're the ones responsible for those 3 a.m. Tele- <laughs> telephone calls. It's like, I, it, like exactly what you're saying. How, dif- how difficult should this really be? It should, not, it should have never been tethered that deep into your, your profile of, your save, like, of the game itself. Like it, it should have been at a, at a system operating level and not at the level of, you know, yeah, it's just it's crazy to me that there's yeah, that these game that individual games are having a problem and that it's yeah, I don't know. That's really strange. I must not be intelligent enough to understand it. Anyway, uh changing your PlayStation Network ID is free. The first time, uh, Sony is charging $10 to change the PSN ID beyond that initial change. Same as I think we same as live we talked. Uh, about PlayStation that. Plus subscribers will pay 4.99 to say no. Good discount. That's right. All right, Microsoft News. A new rumor suggests that Microsoft and 343 may have a budget that exceeds $500 million for Halo Infinite. Good Lord. That's a lot of cookies. <laughs> $500 million for Halo Infinite. I mean, what, what can they bring to the, to the game? Um, the- I, I saw a little something on this, so I'll throw some... But some- wait a minute. Just before you get into that... Isn't the majority of this stuff already created that all they're doing is just fine-tuning it and adding new textures to the shit? I mean, don't they have most of the framework for everything that's kind of in the game already created? No, and see, that's where I was, that's where I was going to head. Um, so they have that new engine. What is it called? Slip Speed? or It's like, a, I don't know if you... In the beginning of the trailer for Halo Infinite, so they pretty much abandon, like, all the previous technology right they they wrote a whole new code so you know how like a lot of games are powered by like unreal engine and stuff like that yeah well 343 created their own internal you know slip speed and slip space or slip space okay 
Um, so the thought process is it's supposedly a really big team, long process, like maybe upwards of like 200 people just working on the engine. Um, is it something going to be used across other studios? You know, like maybe it's, you know, who knows? Um, so I'd be willing to say that that there alone could be a hundred or two hundred million dollars worth of expense because I think it's something they've probably been working on since halfway through Halo Five. Um but yeah, I mean realistically though, say say it is two hundred, that's still three hundred million that they're spending on the Halo Five. Uh, how much do I don't you think know. goes to I'm voice excited. acting it, it, and uh the head honchos. Yeah, yeah right. Um, I don't know. They better blow our socks off at E3. <laughs> I, I, Holy shit. And I mean, I, I know it's, I know it, it's big and block, but I mean, what was it? The latest Marvel uh, Avengers Endgame, I think, is like the most expensive movie ever made. It was $280 million for the movie. And that's, I mean, granted, it's a lot of production values, but at the end of the day, it's only three hours worth of video footage right yeah you know if they put that amount of production value into a video game and you get 20 to 30 hours of you know gameplay and footage and i mean it, it could be realistic because i what i think grand or not grand theft auto red dead redemption was something like five years or six years to make and they estimate it was somewhere between like 250 to 300 million dollars to make that game. So I think how big the game is. It made 750 million dollars in like the first 24 hours. Right. So same with Halo. I mean, I I think Halo Five petered out a little bit, but if if they market this right and they claim it is like the whole rebirth of the Halo franchise, maybe it makes 500 million dollars in the first couple of days. You know. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> with the Red Dead, I mean, that's multi-platform, so this is a lot of money to be put into just the single-platform release. Well, think of it this way, too. Day one release on Game Pass, right? Because it's a Microsoft Studio. Right. So imagine the you know, 50 million Xbox Live subscribers. Uh, you know, imagine if you convert, you know, two-thirds of those people immediately to sign up for game pass i was gonna say that'd be the people who were just like ah you know what screw it i'm just gonna do the game pass and uh gold subscription for a year Uh, exactly and and all the new consoles and all the new people like those are the things you got to look at like it it may not legitimately be like oh i'm gonna go to the store and buy you know a 60 dollar game but it it may be the the thing to say hey you know what i'll try game pass for a month and before you know it somebody's subscribed for two to three months of game pass so they've made their money hmm. all right nintendo news uh build your own nintendo labo vr kit toy con uh goggles for less than a dollar it looks like uh there's a picture here that um it looks like somebody just took a cardboard box leftovers or something like that and created a uh <laughs> vr headset it looks like they need a little bit of clean off of their forehead but yeah, a little grease. It's either pizza grease or forehead <laughs> grease. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, it looks like it's pretty well done. I mean, they took their time and it looks like it works pretty well. I told you guys. I just don't see any pizza names on the box. So. You guys could just recycle a pizza box. 
Well, that's what I was wondering how long it was going to take somebody to one buy all the um, labo kits, two create blueprints or so online, and then start selling them for you know. Yeah, I mean that's pennies something on we, the dollar for people been, to create themselves. We've been saying that for a while. Like I, I would, I'm surprised with like all these files that are out there for people to do 3D printing of things. Uh, you know, I was just waiting for the day when somebody would share labo files that you could you know, print out in some manner. And I, and I remember I was saying like, I'm surprised there's not a third party company out there that lets you do, you know, that real flimsy plastic, you know, like, uh, instead of using cardboard, you could have like perforated plaque, a vinyl or something like that. Okay. Oh yeah. Maybe that, uh, that foam, what the hell is that shit called? It's like a foam board. Yeah. Foam board. But even like, um, you know, like the, those binders that have the pockets in them that you buy. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. And it's like made with that like real flexible vinyl. Yep. Like I would just, I pictured like a a package that had sheets of that that was like laser cut and dotted where you just fold, mm, okay. fold the seams and lock things in. And that you have, you know, you get them in different colors. You've got like a vinyl Labo kit instead of the cardboard. Yeah, longer lasting. And you could probably un- unfold them and make them back in the flat sheets without a big issue. Yeah, have like storage, um, like little foam like inserts that you could put around the nose piece and stuff, so you don't slice your your nose open (laughs) with the vinyl. Right, and the forehead grease probably cleans off a little easier on the vinyl. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can use a Clorox wipe. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, all right. Size it down. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate commercial implies stage builder mode may be on the way. I uh, I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, they got so many boards though to choose from. I don't understand. I can see that there would be a benefit. Sure, why not? But yeah, but I mean that I they, that be... one that game is like super competitive, right? So yeah. I could see, I could see almost like a like a user base demand for like maybe half a dozen or a dozen like high super quality user created maps that the fighting scene like approves you know what i mean like puts their stamp on and, and then you know like these fighting tournaments have like user created you know maps that's the thing like if i i'm gonna say there's probably somewhere around 40 different boards to choose from and it's just a fighter game yeah so i uh, i mean sure why not add what you can to this game i mean there's other things that i've brought up in the past and the whiskers even mentioned in the uh, past about things she would like to see in the game but yeah. I was gonna say, as you're playing Steve it, Builder. I'm sure, I'm sure you've had a dozen or so. Like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this or that? You yeah, know? but they're more like I think uh, options in the game more so than about the board itself. Uh, like an actual game design element. Yeah, like so, like we had said in the old one. You know, when you hit people, uh, usually you just lose, you know, your health points mm. uh, when you're fighting. She used to like playing. It was called grab the coin, where when you would hit them. Depending on how diff or how hard the hit was, small coins would fall out of the person, and then yeah, you would have to yeah. go and collect the coins after. And who at the end of the you know the time was up, whoever had the most coins, if you're playing team or not, was the winner. So if you just yeah, watched everybody else fighting and kicking each other's ass, and you just kind of ran in and out, just collecting the coins the whole time, you weren't t- paying attention. You know, you could lose, but or you could win. You know, without having to you know kick too much butt. But she always liked that, and they didn't include it in the new one, which I thought would be a good addition to make those options into the game as well but maybe this is going to be part of that stage builder mode maybe if they add those additional old classic modes into it that'd be a good idea yeah anyway 
All right, multi-platform news. Troy Baker, uh, Pigeon's favorite, it sounds like, isn't returning to Borderlands 3, and he wants Gearbox to know he isn't happy about it. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, quote, if Gearbox decides that they'll let me do it, that'll be awesome. I have no idea. Uh, there was a possibility that I was going to be in, in it. Then I saw that epic, epic trailer, and everyone's like, oh, my God, there's ri- uh, rice? Rice? Rice, yeah, I think. Uh, and I went, well, there we go, end quote. Okay, uh, he goes on to say, uh, quote, I've never done this before, but I would love for Gearbox to know that it's not about me. It's about that character, Baker continued, uh, saying that, quote, uh, if they're going to bring back characters from Telltale Borderlands, uh, it should be the people that originated the characters, end quote. Yeah, this this guy's like, I mean, if you don't know, he's like basically like voiceover royalty. Okay. Um, he's like right up there with uh, Nonobot. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if there's like some like I like entitlement or bad blood or or like too high in the ivory castle that, you know, Gearbox is just like, you know, we're going to just get somebody else or I, I don't know, but it, I don't know, some of his comments come across as like I don't know, I don't want to say pompous, but that's kind of just the feeling I get. Yeah, I guess Randy Randy Pitchford um, says uh, it was Troy Baker's choice not to reprise Tales from the Border his Tales from the Borderland role. So. Uh, okay, so remember they did the Tales from the Borderland from Telltale, and he must have been the key character voicing that person, and they want to bring that character into the Borderlands world. Yeah, but Troy yeah. Baker made the choice not to reprise the. Well, oh, of so. course he he made the choice not to reprise it, probably because they didn't want to pay him what he was asking. I wouldn't doubt it. So that's that's what I mean. It's not that they didn't want him. It was probably his demands were so high. Well, good for them. I'm sure Pigeon's got his... He's probably listening to this, and he's. I'm sure he'll chime in on the next time he's on. <laughs> why, why Troy Baker sucks and is now on his new clip. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to wait and listen. So come on back next week, and maybe you'll hear it. Actually, he said he might be out a few weeks, so we'll see. All right, uh, rumor has it that the next Assassin's Creed game will be around the Vikings timeline. What are your thoughts yeah. on that, Pitch? Or Kelk? Damn, mm, we were talking I about like Pitch. It. You like yeah. it? I like it. I I, I had said, um, one, I love Assassin's Creed games, at least the newer ones. I love Origins. I haven't played Odyssey yet. I, I just love the... I love the production value. I love I I thought in Origins, I thought the controls felt really good, smooth and fluid. Um I think a Viking setting would be awesome. How much sailing do you think they'll include in the Viking setting? I think they're going to have a lot because that seems like again, I didn't play Odyssey, but in Origins it seems like they put a lot of emphasis on Bayek just, you know, sailing around Egypt and stuff like that. Now, do you think that's because of the, I guess the comments that they've gotten from their players and stuff with regards to how much Black Flag was liked or disliked, or do you think it's just because of the way or the storyline that goes along with Vikings? I think, well, I think it's the storyline. I I think, I think in Origins, they put in the sailing exactly where it needed to be. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was part of the story and it, it didn't feel forced. Uh, 
I don't know how it plays out in Odyssey, but yeah, I mean, in Vikings, I would think a third of that game has to involve some sort of boat mechanism around the, you know, the water and stuff like that. And when you say a third, you're not talking about pigeon. (laughs) No, not not a, not a pigeon amount. Gotcha. Just the third. (laughs) Uh, Is there any other setting you would rather see than that? Um, I'm going to go back to, um, I had always said back when rise was out on Xbox as Mm -hmm. a launch. Right. I actually really enjoyed rise. Um, yeah, you did. And I had said back then, and I'll say, I'll say it again. I think in Assassin's Creed set in a feudal Japan, like a samurai, uh, setting would be awesome. What about like a Genghis Khan, Mongolian kind of conqueror? Yeah, I mean, you could bring that in. But I, I think like, I think samurai, like, you know, like 47 Ronin, stuff like that. Okay. Um, I think that would be a, a good fit for an Assassin's Creed Rise type of game. Gotcha. All right. Uh, from Software and George R. R. Martin. Uh, the writer of the uh, Game of Thrones story. Uh, Two are, of Pigeon's favorite names. That's right. Are collaborating on a medieval open world game to publish, to be published by uh, Bandai, Nam- Bandai Namco, uh, with the latter responsible for writing much of the story and lore of this mysterious new IP. Do you I, think he can... Um, I'm, I'm going to say people are the readers of Game of Thrones are going to be pissed if he's kind of taking time away to go and start doing this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's books, a good but, point. But I was gonna say, do you think he can? Do you think he can pull it off, like switching gears and going to a whole different storyline, or do you think he's just too deep rooted into Game of Thrones? Now? No, no, no. He's got a bunch of books uh, out prior to, and I think he's. I think that's the problem that's taken so long is I think he's kind of over the Game of Thrones hype thing right now, and he's kind of just like a. I'll come back to it when I feel more like it. And I, I don't think it's just that he doesn't want to do it. I think it's just he's. He Burns wants to out. do something else. Yeah, I think he just wants to do something else, and he's just sick and tired of you know all of it happening right now, and just needs a break. He's gonna release a one chapter book. They all die. Get over yeah. It. No, it's funny because <laughs> when we went and we saw him at the one uh, con that we went to, um, he did a reading, and it was like of one of the un- or the chapters that he's working on in the new book and stuff. So he is kind of slowly working on it. It's just it's not a passion to get it done because everybody and their yeah. mother wants it. So I- I'm a little bit disappointed too because of the uh the freedoms and stuff that hbo took with the storyline and granted they kind of collaborated with him to know where he was going and stuff there as an advisor so right and they have made some changes in comparison to where the books went and you know at the end of where kind of george left off in comparison where the uh, story has gone with hbo Mm -hmm. but it kind of i mean once this final season now it comes out I don't know how much. I mean, granted, there's going to be the people who just want to finish George's storyline to see what the actual differences are. Yeah. But I think if if it's kind of stating that that they're kind of ending up where his idea of the ending was going, yeah. that's like, do you really need to read it now that HBO's kind of done that for you? I don't know. Yeah. It, it could work though. I think I think From is definitely the company, and Bandai Namco is definitely the company to try and do some sort of gritty, dark, you know... Medieval rail- kind of game. Yeah, medieval railroad type of a story. Right. Uh, in the unannounced unnamed title, um, 
claims Robertson, uh, your main character will be invading various kingdoms through the open world and killing the leaders within, subsequently uh, gaining the unique powers of each in the process. Yeah, I almost envision kind of like how uh, Warner Brothers did with their uh, Lord of the Rings type of game. Yeah, I was going to say, what the heck was that one? Uh, Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor, like, yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking when uh, I was reading that portion of it. Hmm. Interesting. All right, EA has revealed that Respawn Star Wars game Jedi Fallen Order will be revealed at Star Wars or at the Star Wars Celebration. Uh, the panel will be taking place uh, from 4.30 to a.m. until 5.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah. Damn. So we're recording this on a Thursday evening. So we've got three more days to see actual, you know, information slash footage right. of the new Star Wars game. Done by Respawn, which is just awesome because they've totally killed it with Titanfall 2 and now Apex Legends. So um, so what kind of game do you want it to be? Uh, I think it's got to be third-person action. Kind of like... Uh, remember the, the other Star Wars Jedi Knight games? Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic and stuff. Yeah, not not old. Well, Old Republic was like very heavy RPG. That was Bioware. I'm I'm saying the ones, uh, Force Unleashed. That's it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, like third person action like that. Gotcha. I think it's gonna be Respawn's take on it like that. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be phenomenal actually. Because how like big? I said, how big? Um, are you going to be like, like stuck on one planet or are you going to go from planet to planet? No, or I do... would, I would think there definitely would. I don't th- honestly, this is going to sound weird. I hope it's not open world. Cause I just don't think that works in star Wars. I hope it's like campaign mission, like cutscenes, jump from planet to planet. Now the jump from planet to planet is going to be loading screen jump from planet to planet, or is it going to be you yeah, having some little? I think I think they may try to throw in one or two like space fight missions, but I would think it would be like a like a cutscene that lets you you know kind of like Mass Effect uh, when you go to a different planet or something like that. Is there going to be flying fighting? Like Just a, uh, a, a couple. I don't think too heavy. I think the the Jedi fighting is going to be more the you know the premise. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll say I think it'll it'll clock in somewhere right around a twenty hour campaign. And what kind of multiplayer do you think there's going to be? Multiplayer options are going to be. I don't know if there will be, and I hope they don't force it. I almost feel like this is the type of game that could be single player and be fine. At twenty hours. At twenty hours. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. Uh... I don't need a beer, but uh, let's take a quick break so I can hit the head, and uh, we'll be back with Diary of the Mouth. Swingers Golf Clubs, the club that adds a little extra company to your golf bag. Some clubs available are the Stranger, the Snatch Hooker, the Tight Grip, the Steel Shaft. With Swingers Golf Clubs, you'll be ready to whip your balls into the next closest hole. All right, and we're back with Diary of the Mouth. Uh, Calc, did you get a beer finally? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he 
asshole. <laughs> uh, I'm still drinking because I got uh, big bottles of my own brew. Because um, I, I didn't want to be the guy who ordered two cases or three cases of the you know regular 12-ounce bottles. So I got like a case of 22s and a case of 32s, I think. So uh, this is the last of my 22-ounce bottles. Now I'm moving into my 32s. Going days. Billy D. Williams with the Colt 45. <laughs> right, exactly. But I'm drinking my American Amber. Um, I don't know what the alcohol is. In you it. should just call him the one-inch penis. Yeah, nice. Uh, now through, uh, in the Diary of the Mouth, now through May 11th at Taco Bell. Of course, we're talking Taco Bell. We love Taco Bell. Uh, you'll get a free Small Mountain Dew Baja Blast with any purchase you make ordering online or through the Taco Bell app. I almost stopped at Taco Bell yesterday. <laughs> okay, just because? Was, well, no, I just, Pigeon got me thinking with that fire sauce post. I remember how much you stopped during the, what the hell was that, the Xbox One box giveaway or whatever? The giveaway. I think I got like, we we went through like eight boxes. <laughs> I thought I remember you stopping all the time to eat that. But it's like every time we talk about it, I just. You want it. I do want it. I do want it. But yeah, for the listeners, Pigeon found a photo, right? Was it Pigeon or you had a photo of. No, Pigeon did. Pigeon did. He was watching live PD and I guess. Somehow the police pulled out a bottle of fire sauce yeah. on, the, on the trunk of the car and it was a Taco Bell on it. <laughs> I said to him, I'm like, what the hell? Where do you find a bottle of fire sauce? I only ever get it in these single serve packets from Taco Bell. And he said it's all over the place down in Tejas. Yeah, talk about product placement. <laughs> Seriously. Even on Live PD. But this episode of Live PD is brought to you by Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, my, uh, Taco Bell is also currently testing a sugary item, uh, the new limited edition food offering, which is currently only available at Taco Bell locations in Kansas City, uh, Missouri, uh, is none other than the uh, oh, churro shit. donut. It's churro, man. If it's a I donut, love churros, <laughs> churros and chocolate. Yeah. So, and it looks like they have a picture here with a coffee. So I'm, I'm assuming it might be on their breakfast menu. Oh man. Churros. It's like an old-fashioned donut. <laughs> now, the, don't the churros have chocolate in the middle? No, no. So, like, traditional Spanish, like, churros is a... It's a stick, like a churro stick. And then you dip that, it in chocolate? Yeah, it's dusted with that cinnamon sugar, and then you dip it in chocolate. Uh, okay, okay. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it'll be served with a side of chocolate, or do you think it's no chocolate at all with the churro? I think you have to have, the like... churro a, like, don't, You know how they have, like, dipping sauce? You gotta have a, a chocolate sauce. What are the chances that they have it with uh, chocolate packets like the fire sauce? <laughs> you just kind of squeeze your chocolate onto it. I was just thinking that. You like <laughs> instead of the you get the fire and the ghost sauce, and now you've got the uh, you know the chocolate, packet. the churro chocolate. Yeah. Anyway, we love Taco Bell. Taco Bell, please sponsor us. <laughs> We'd love you to do so. All right, uh, and questions from listeners. Or is it question from listeners or from listener? Yeah. So, all right. Our one and only question comes from at flying fireball. Uh, am I reading this right? Back in 79 AD, the city of Pompeii, which was covered by lava uh, because of the Mount Vesuvius eruption, had fast food counters. Mind blown. Uh, what were they serving? Hopefully they had some tacos. Oh, Jesus, here we go. We're in a Taco Bell, our <laughs> love for The taco truck. Yeah. Uh, extra points if you can tell me what the AD stands for and the date. Also, do you think the floors were greasy like every fast food joint? 
<laughs> That's why they went up so quick. Right. Oh my <laughs> like god! One big grease fire. <laughs> so, am I reading this right? I don't know. I did not see this article that uh, you must be re- that flying fireball is referring to. I, with the... I did see it. I, I briefly saw. I didn't read much about it. Okay. Um, so, what were they serving uh, from Pom- Pompeii's fast food counters? I'm gonna say fish and chips. Yeah, there you go. That'd be good. I mean, I'm assuming it's down in Greece, so there's got to be seafood of some sort, right? Lots of like, yeah, like, uh, was it mackerel or sardines? Or <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that or lamb, right? Yeah, right. There you go. Some some gyros, yeah. gyros. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a gyro stand. <laughs> All right. So extra points uh, if you can tell me what the AD stands for and the date after death. I thought it was anti-domino or something like that. I thought it was like after Christ's death or something. Mm. And then uh, also, do you think the floors are greasy like every other fast food joint? Absolutely. Of course, why not? It's not, not, I mean, it's every place. I remember when we go in the restaurant, on a Friday night, you could like totally bite bite it walking back in the kitchen. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is 79 AD, so I'm going to assume it's probably just stone floors? Maybe wood? Uh, terracotta. Or not terracotta. <laughs> um, oh, what's that marble? Like a... What, the Venetian mm. stone? Venetian marble? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on it. But the, the, the more serious question is, this, um, this question came in from at Flying Fireball. Mm-hmm. He sent the picture. You ever see this picture? No. So it's a famous, uh, like outline i guess you would call it 3d you know of the person that died there in the ash right the, the dude's masturbating <laughs> hey when you're just about to die don't you end up a die happy with a smile <laughs> like on your the face old airplane's gonna crash <laughs> you just whip it out <laughs> we're all going down i'm jerking off uh, i don't know i can't imagine <laughs> people find him oh i know who that guy is <laughs> hey it's todd <laughs> totally be known as the guy who pulled his, head, his dick out to masturbate as he was getting ready to die uh, that's i'm awesome. just trying to see in the picture did did his like did his penis actually survive the it had a bone ball? in it i guess his, his actually had a it was a boner like legit i don't know because it looks like the regular skin and stuff survived too all in the ash yeah yeah so, it's yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for the question at Flying Fireball. So that's the show. Uh, beer thoughts, Calc, go. Yes. It, it really quenches my thirst. Uh, I'd highly recommend it. <laughs> your, your, your agua. All right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my yingling's a yay and my homebrew's a yay. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. You're going to save me a little homebrew? I want to try. Yeah, of course. Of course, you get a big bottle though. All my middle, all my medium-sized bottles are gone now. This is the last okay. one. So, all right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I want to give some shout-outs to uh, Drew K and his boys there in the shop. Um, we also have Angelo who's listening now. He's a, a friend of ours that we met through uh, soccer and scouts. Uh, I thank you him for listening now. That's uh, a new listener, and uh, everyone else. Um, you know, please. Give us some feedback. Reach out to us. Give us some questions. Give us some, you know, whatever you want. Pigeon's got some free Game Pass, uh, what is that? Codes? Codes, To give yep. away. 
Uh, so if you're interested, you know, reach out to us. Let us know. You can reach us on Facebook. You can reach us on Twitter. You can reach us at thelittlecouch at gmail.com if you want to. Uh, but yeah, let us hear from you. Otherwise, thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Later. Thank you.